0: Hello and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart. Just before i begin today i want to welcome all those who are joining us here at christ church cathedral for worship i know that these are difficult days with the necessity to be apart and that many are or have been sick with omicron including our clergy so we pray for quick healing and for your ongoing welfare I'm so glad that the dean and the ministry team from the cathedral are here to provide a gathering place for us all to weather this fifth wave together with parishes from across the diocese. It's at times like this that the fact that we all belong to a diocesan family as well as a parish family becomes so important. So a special greeting to parishioners from St. John's Log Street and others who are joining us this morning from across the diocese. And now I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the tree is down. The Holy Family have been tucked away for another year. The Christmas cake is almost eaten. A few crumbs left. The wise men have come with their gifts, and we've all tried to remember their names again. And the carols have imparted their good news incredible news behold in the city of david a child is born born for you and his name will be called emmanuel god with us well did god with us ever sound so good as it does this year in the midst of another year of pandemic with a global climate crisis looming and with so much on our hearts and minds It's maybe a little harder to move on from celebration and basking in the warmth of that name to the cold, hard reality of 2022 and closed parishes and schools and well, just life as we know it. But let me give you something a little more positive to mull over and to take with you into this year. And as we enter this season of the Christological cycle, Because Epiphany is the season when we celebrate God's glory revealed to all people. It's the time of the year when we look ahead to the mission of the church, to the world, in the light of the nativity. Or in other words, Epiphany walks out or reveals the significance of the incarnation beyond the celebrations. Because as we all know, the church has a mission, God's mission, that we partner with running to keep up with what the Lord is doing in our midst, and joining the Holy Spirit as she blows redemption and transformation through our world. And so you might reasonably wonder why our readings on this day raise the theme of marriage. It's an interesting place to start this journey of revelation, I mean, the first lesson with uh, the metaphor of marriage as God married to God's people tells us that God never forgets or gives up on his promises, that despite all the twists and turns and stumbles in that relationship over millennia, that God always welcomes back her children with love and with forgiveness. And the psalm, a beautiful recitation of the abundance of that love. And St. Paul, writing about the gifts of the Spirit, which are given in a covenanted relationship with God. And then there's the gospel, with its setting at a marriage celebration, the wedding at Cana. And there are important things to be learned from all of Scripture about the relationship between God and God's church. Because relationality is the name of the game when it comes to our Lord. So, after collecting his disciples, this wedding at Cana is the event that that kicks off Jesus' earthly ministry. And we start off with a kind of a private miracle, a family miracle. It's a kind of warm-up miracle. It's not some flashy show of divine power, because it's interesting that only a few people know what actually happened at this wedding. And of course, The narrative tells us that Jesus was even reluctant to do anything at all at the event. It wasn't meant to happen, but the persistence of his mother led him to perform what has become one of the most famous of his miracles, his first miracle. And if we look carefully at the story, we can see how many layers it offers its readers. To start with, as one scholar writes, of course John frames the story so that it points ahead to the resurrection itself. On the third day, he says, and this phrase is really significant because it carries with it this Easter resonance. And he repeats it in the next story, in John's gospel as well, the cleansing of the temple and the promise that when the temple is destroyed, that Jesus will raise it up again in three days. So there's something about this wedding, this wine, which speaks of resurrection, of of new creation, of new beginnings and new hope. And this reminded me that the important thing about this story is not how Jesus performed the miracle, but that it was Jesus who performed the miracle. Because this event is a showing forth of who Jesus is. It's an epiphany in itself, but we might ask some important questions. Why here? Why at a wedding? Because the Gospel writer John will have chosen this miracle carefully as the first one to describe. Now scholars have a few ideas about this as well, one being that marriage is a covenant relationship always points beyond itself to the more general theme of a covenant relationship with God, and I think that's true, and we'll return to that. And this narrative reminds us again that this is a story of several kinds of transformation, the kind that happened when God is at the center of things. In the first transformation that we see in this story, Jesus turns quite ordinary jars of water into extraordinary wine. And if we think about those stone jars for a moment, we'll notice a few things. The jars aren't initially for wine, but for ritual washing according to the law and the custom of the Jews. And normally they would have held pure water. But remember that in our story, they need filling. They've been emptied. And it's this detail that's interesting. St. John's Gospel is deeply symbolic. Everything means something. And scholars have determined that in this story, the jars themselves have been taken to represent the law and tradition in Judaism. And notice that Jesus fills those jars again. Notice also that he doesn't reject them and what they stood for. And he doesn't fill some other vessel with wine. He fills those jars. And then he transforms the contents into something different but related, into wine. I think that's fascinating because Jesus does what he so often does in the Gospels. He gives new meaning to something comfortable and accepted, and the realization of that is arresting. Instead of water for ritual purification, he transforms it into wine that to the early Christians who read this Gospel as we do, and to us who are formed by the celebration of the Eucharist week by week— This would have been and is deeply significant. The wine is the sign of the new covenant, the new covenant of God with his people. But notice something else, the gentleness of this transition from one tradition to the birth of another. There's no rejection, but he refills the stone jars and transforms the water. There's there's continuity and there's change all at once. There's a new creation of great value, a transformation. And that seems to me to be a really good metaphor for marriage too, and is probably why the backdrop to this miracle is the transformation of two into one in the marriage ceremony. The union of two people produces a new creation. In the marriage ceremony, both then and now, two people ask for God's blessing on their relationship. And just as the water with God's blessing was turned into wine, so their lives will be blessed, and transformed and be made new by their marriage. The wedding at Cana, like, like all weddings, is, is about commitment. The daring boldness of permanent, lifelong commitment. Not just the commitment of the couple's marriage here, but in this case, in Jesus' case, in Jesus' showing of himself as the Son of God. You see, this is where it all begins for him. For Jesus, a wedding was a place of commitment to that revelation of his identity. It's when and where he showed who he truly was to his followers. And here we get to the big picture. John says elsewhere that Jesus did plenty of other signs, but John has chosen this one, the wedding at Cana, very carefully as the opening one in his sequential narrative. And as Bishop Tom Wright says, everything in God's creation points beyond itself. And the same is true of John's gospel. The gospel is all about the marriage of heaven and earth in Jesus Christ. A commitment to the revelation of love is shown here in Jesus and revealing himself as the Son of God, but also in setting his feet finally on a path that leads to a painful and epic place, the cross. This is a a deep and terribly committed love. This is the kind of love that's meant to be mirrored in a covenant relationship, a love so deep and mature that exists between two people that they can offer themselves in all that they are and all that they have to a new relationship, one that promises to be a a powerful sign of the kingdom of God and a new creation in which new gifts are raised up by the Spirit and and offered to each other and to the community of the church. And in a very real sense, this is what the Spirit is always up to in the church. The gifts, the ministries and and, and the workings that the Spirit pours out on us as St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Corinthian church are all signs of God's new creation that's constantly emerging all around us. And we know that this love, this love is different. Christian loving is different because it has as its template, Jesus Christ. St. Paul tells us that in love, we should clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility, meekness and patience. He tells us that forgiveness is central to our relationships and, well, we also know that this kind of love, well, it's a journey. And so the church grows in loving and will grow by loving. Now, (laughs) love, as we know, can sometimes be hard work. We see that in our relationships, and we see that in the church. Some days it's all we can do to bear with each other. But there we have a pattern to follow. Just as we have a God who gives his only son in sacrificial love for us, in the spirit of the same loving and generous God, we in the church give ourselves to each other. Covenanted relationships Well, they really help us to discover that the more that we give of ourselves, the richer we become. The more we go beyond ourselves in love, the more we become our true selves. And the beauty of that relationship is fully revealed. The metaphor of marriage is also meant to embody the union between heaven and earth in Jesus, which the gospels are all about at their most profound. In marriage, a couple are now a new person, a new reality. But of course, that doesn't mean that that everything's going to be easy, that you'll never make any mistakes or that you'll remain in the midst of a blissful romance and you'll live on a bed of peacock feathers and harmony and peace to the end of your days. That would be, to misunderstand entirely, the whole point of a relationship and therefore the marriage between heaven and earth that John's gospel describes. No, it's much messier, much more complicated, and much more interesting. Just like the words we hear from St. Paul this morning, whatever God's Spirit is doing in our lives, his work will probably not be characterized by tidiness. In fact, when we're looking for the Spirit's gifts, we should probably look for a bit of a mess. We can hear St. Paul working out a few of those details with the Corinthians of that marriage between heaven and earth, working out what is in this new union, what things will look like in community. You see, marriage, a covenant, a church, or wh- whether it's wonderful or confusing or wonderful and confusing, whether it's hard work or easy, is always about the complicated business of real life. This is what we live day in, day out, in the embrace of this new year, 2022, the stumbles, the delights, the misunderstandings, the blessings, the frustrations, the forgiveness are all part of what we should expect when two people become one and when the church builds faith and community and joins God's mission of love in this world. And when in Jesus, earth and heaven are coming together, that's the messy reality of faith and of life, and of love. And thanks be to God for it. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.